Check out Unpacking Israeli History podcast. From the history of infamous terror groups, Hamas and Hezbollah, to the story of Nakba, to Israel's disengagement from Gaza in 2005, there's so much to uncover. Unpacking Israeli History cuts through the noise and helps you understand Israel's present through understanding Israel's history. Catch up on previous seasons and enjoy new episodes from Season 6 each week. So, educate yourself. Learn the history behind the headlines. Find Unpacking Israeli History wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that proves there's more than one way to make history. I'm Gabe Luzier, and today we're talking about the shocking climax of a constitutional crisis in the British Empire, the abdication of Edward VIII. The day was December 11th, 1936. Edward VIII became the first monarch in British history to give up the throne voluntarily. His decision to abdicate in favor of his younger brother was prompted by backlash from the British government and the Church of England over his intention to marry a twice-divorced American socialite named Wallace Warfield Simpson. In a BBC radio address on the evening of December 11th, the outgoing monarch informed the stunned nation of his decision, saying, quote, I have found it impossible to carry on the heavy burden of responsibility and to discharge the duties of king as I would wish to do without the help and support of the woman I love. Edward VIII was born on June 23, 1894, in London, England, and was the eldest son of King George V. After his father's coronation in 1911, Edward became the Prince of Wales, the heir apparent to the British throne. He completed his studies and joined the Royal Navy, then, when World War I began, he enlisted in the army and was promptly assigned to a safe position on the Italian front. Edward was annoyed by this preferential treatment, famously declaring, What difference does it make if I am killed? The king has three other sons. Once he was back in England, Prince Edward returned to his official duties, which largely consisted of public appearances and diplomatic meetings. He traveled throughout Europe and other parts of the world and became a popular member of the royal family, especially among the foreign press. For example, during his tour of Canada in 1919, the handsome blonde prince was described as, quote, the arbiter of men's fashions 
a fearless horseman, tireless dancer, idol of bachelors, and dream of spinsters. Edward made good use of his looks, charm, and status, living it up in London high society throughout his 20s and 30s. But in 1931, just a few years shy of his 40th birthday, he finally met his match. The prince was introduced to Wallace Simpson at a house party hosted, ironically enough, by his then-current mistress, Lady Furness. Wallace had recently moved to London with her second husband, a British-American shipping executive named Ernest Simpson. Lady Furness had invited the couple to serve as chaperones one weekend at her country estate, and the prince happened to be there. Edward and Wallace didn't hit it off right away, but since they ran in the same social circles, they continued to bump into each other at parties over the next few years. Finally, in early 1934, the pair got together while Lady Furness was out of the country, and from then on, they were inseparable. The royal family strongly disapproved of Edward's new mistress, not least of all because she was still married. The prince denied the relationship at first, but by 1935, Wallace had been presented at court and the couple had taken several vacations together. Their affair wasn't mentioned in the British press, however, due to a long-standing gentleman's agreement with the government. Once it became clear that this was no mere fling, many politicians worried that Edward might try to marry Mrs. Simpson, a worrisome prospect given that he was next in line for the throne. That fear turned to outright terror in January of 1946 when Edward's father passed away and he became the new king. By that point, Edward had made it clear that he intended to marry Wallace Simpson, just as soon as she was granted a divorce from her then-current husband. Officials had hoped that Edward's sudden ascension to the throne would make him reconsider. After all, he wouldn't want to begin his reign with a major scandal, and making a twice-divorced American woman the new Queen of England would have certainly qualified as a major scandal. Nonetheless, Edward's mind was made up, and on October 27, 1936, Mrs. Simpson obtained a preliminary decree of divorce, clearing the way for their union the king tried one last-ditch effort to appease Parliament by suggesting a morganotic marriage, meaning that Wallace wouldn't be granted any rights of rank or property to which a queen would usually be entitled. However, Prime Minister Stanley Baldwin didn't think the arrangement would be practical. He rejected the proposal on December 2nd, and one day later, British newspapers broke their silence by reporting the scandal on the front page. With the royal family, the government, and now the people firmly against him, King Edward knew he would have to choose between the crown and the woman he loved. He made his decision on December 10, 1936, when he signed an instrument of abdication. The brief document read, in part, quote, I, Edward VIII of Great Britain, Ireland, and the British dominions beyond the seas, King, Emperor of India, do hereby declare my irrevocable determination to renounce the throne for myself and for my descendants. Parliament approved the act the following day, and with that, the brief reign of Edward VIII officially came to an end. The new king, his younger brother, George VI, made him the Duke of Windsor, a largely symbolic title that was later retired by Queen Elizabeth II. Edward and Wallace were married six months later in a small private ceremony in France. The couple lived mainly in Paris for the next two years, 
but they also paid several visits to Nazi Germany, where on at least one occasion, Edward met with Adolf Hitler. Once the Second World War broke out, Edward became a liaison officer with the French, but he and Wallace wound up having to flee to Spain during the occupation. Not long after, the couple received word that Edward had been appointed as governor of the Bahamas. This was allegedly done at the behest of Winston Churchill, who feared that the Duke's pre-war Nazi sympathies might lead to trouble should he ever be captured. Edward's new post wasn't of much strategic importance to the war effort, but the Duke and Duchess were more than happy to ditch war-torn Europe for a tropical island. They remained in the Bahamas for five years, at which point Edward resigned and the couple returned to Paris. There, they enjoyed a jet-setting lifestyle of shopping and partying, and by most accounts, they remained madly in love. Life wasn't perfect, however. The couple's marriage had thrust them both into a kind of unofficial exile. Wallace was blamed for wooing a popular king away from his throne and for turning a family against itself when in reality, the decision was his alone, and she had even counseled him against it. And although Edward longed to do something more useful with his life, he wasn't able to take a job in commerce or industry, as it would have been a conflict of interest to his family. He made it known on several occasions that he'd be willing to take a job in the British government, but for the rest of his life, no offers ever came. Edward, Duke of Windsor, died in Paris on May 28, 1972. He was buried in a private cemetery at Windsor Castle, and 14 years later, Wallace Simpson was buried alongside him. More than 50 years later, the abdication of Edward VIII remains a contentious issue. Many consider it the ultimate romantic gesture, a king literally giving up his throne for the woman he loves. Others, however, see it not as a brave act of love, but as a selfish desertion of duty. For my part, I don't really care that the couple shook up the British monarchy or that Edward abandoned his throne. They lost me at being so sympathetic to fascism that they had to be sent off to the Bahamas to prevent a potential coup. Public Relations 101 says don't hang out with Nazis. Let's just hope Harry and Meghan keep that in mind. I'm Gabe Lusier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you have a second and you're so inclined, consider keeping up with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can find us at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to pass them along by writing to thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. You heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. 
the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep.